Hello everybody and welcome to Cultivate Church Online. My name is Matt Powers. I'm one of the elders at Cultivate Church. And I really don't ever get to hang out with you guys online. So I'm really excited to be here with you guys and hang out with you online today as we are wrapping up our series of Vintage today. And if you've missed any of the previous three weeks, I would say go ahead and go back and watch those three weeks. It's been such an unbelievable series we've been in all month long as we've been taking principles from the Bible that we now in 2022 have kind of deemed these as archaic and they're out of date and they really don't aren't relative to us at all in 2022 but as we've taken some of these principles and talked about how to apply them to our lives and how we can live a life on purpose with these biblical principles has been so good all month long and the theme verse we've used for this entire series comes out of second timothy chapter 4 it's verses 3 and 4 and it says for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. And I don't know about you, but when I read that and I hear that, it speaks so well to what we see in the world around us today that we have no interest whatsoever in sound or wholesome teaching, that we only want people to follow people and to listen to people who are going to tell us what we want to hear, what line up with our ideas and our morals and our politics and, and how we feel about certain things that we will do anything to live our own truth. We go by this mentality of you live your truth, I'll live my truth, and we're just going to say that that's okay. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. And in week one, we talked about vintage roles. We talked about roles within a marriage and what a marriage is so, supposed to look like. And we learned that the Bible tells us that wives are to submit to their husbands. And I know in 2022, submit to your husband, that is a dirty word. That's something we don't want to talk about. But it also tells us that men, husbands, you are to love your wives. You are to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And just in case you didn't know, Christ loved the church so much that he died for the church, that we are to enjoy our marriages. One thing I know for sure is that if we live our marriage and we do it the way that God designed it, we have no chance of failure. If you want your marriage to have a 100% chance of success, if you want to know that it will never fail, it simply cannot fail if we live our marriages in the way that God designed, in the way where a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife where two become one, your marriage cannot fail. And we talked about that in week one. In week two, we taught the message forgotten filters. We talked about the filters in our lives. We talked about filters for our head, for our heart, for our hands, that we need filters in everything that we do, things that we watch, things we listen to. We need them in our phones. We need them with, with some of the relationships that we have because there's so much stuff all over the world that is being thrown at us every single day. And we need some filters in our lives to be able to filter out some of that junk just so it doesn't get through to us. I know for me, for my marriage and all my relationship with my wife that I have that filter with her. I, she is my accountability where she has access to all of my passwords and all of my accounts and her face is on my phone where she has access at any time because I know that I'm not big enough and strong enough and have enough willpower to block out all of the stuff all of the time. And I think that as we look at our lives, there's so much stuff out there that if we don't have the proper filters and the accountability in our lives, that it'll get through to us that it's just not good for us. And last week we talked about difficult people. 
and what it looks like to deal with difficult people. And I know if you step out into the world at all today that we've learned that we're, we're pretty selfish, we're pretty entitled, we know what we want, we want it, we want it now, and we'll shove anybody to the side and push anyone down to get what we want. We don't care who we hurt in the way as long as we get what we want. And that's just the mentality that we live with today. So we talked about what does it look like to to live and to deal with difficult people. We talked about the acronym SALT, that we need to serve people, we need to appreciate people, we need to love people, that we need to treasure people because at the end of the day, people are the, the greatest commodity on this earth. It's people that matter and so we need to be able to love and have affection for the people around us. And that brings us to the message today which we have titled, Easier Said Than Done. And I know every single one of us can relate to this idea of easier said than done. We all say that we're going to accomplish something. You know, we have our New Year's resolutions that all of us have already broken so far. We said we're going to accomplish this. We said we're going to do this, but it was just so hard for us to actually follow through and complete it all the way to the end. That it's easier said than done. It's easier for someone to tell us what we need to do than it is to actually follow through and do it. And we're gonna talk about a principle in the Bible today that whenever we first think about it, we probably would say, well, that's not really vintage. That's not old school at all. But if you take a look at the culture around us, I think that this is just a forgotten principle in our lives, that we don't apply this to our lives at all. Today, we're going to talk about forgiveness and what it looks like to forgive. So I just want you to ask yourselves, if you take an inventory of your life, who in your life has betrayed you? Who has lied to you? Who has taken advantage of you? Who has mistreated you? Who has hurt you? Who has done something to you or said something about you that was just painful and you've been carrying that with you for so long? Maybe it was a parent who you did everything in your power to just seek the approval of this parent, but no matter what you did, it was never good enough. No matter what happened, they always made you feel small. Maybe it was a friend that you had, you thought your, this friend had your back, but you learned to find out that they only were in that relationship with you and only wanted to be friends with you because they were able to get something out of you. And before you knew it, they just stabbed you in the back. Maybe it was a boyfriend or a girlfriend at some point in time that lied to you and then come to find out they lied about you to everyone else, that they spread rumors about you and made you look like the bad guy in the relationship. Maybe it was an authority figure or a boss or someone in your life that held some position of power and because of that power that they held, they took advantage of you. They used you in ways you were never able to actually advance. I think that all of us can, can look at our lives and see that you know, there are times where we've experienced this. I think that's one commonality that we have together. We all, have all experienced someone letting us down, someone betraying us, someone hurting us. I think as we walk through the doors of Cultivate Church, you know, this is a place of forgiveness. This is a hospital. This is not a museum for people who are perfect and people who have it all together that we put up on pedestals and just want to live like them. But every single one of us have stuff. We all have stuff going on. We've all dealt with baggage. We've all dealt with hurt. And this is a hospital for the sick. This is a hospital for the broken. This is a place where people can come in and experience healing, experience forgiveness. Listen, if you don't need forgiveness in your life at all, if everything has been absolutely perfect up to this point, then maybe this isn't the place for you. But I think every one of us, if we look at our lives, we can agree that we need some forgiveness in our lives, whether it's forgiveness with things that have happened to us or whatever the circumstance may be. And 
One thing I know to be certain is that forgiveness equals freedom. We're not going to be able to find true freedom in our lives until we're able to let go of some of the things that have happened to us. And today I want to talk about three ways for us to be able to truly find freedom. So we're going to pray and we'll get into our message today. Father, we love you. God, we are just so thankful for, for today. We're thankful for the opportunity to be able to get together. We don't ever take this lightly, God, and just want to pray over your word today. Pray that we will use it. We will apply it to our lives, God. I pray that whatever we walked in with today, whatever we have going on in our lives, whatever it looks like, God, that we'll be able to allow you in, to be able to allow forgiveness within our lives, Father, just so we can let go of some of that hurt. Let go of some of that pain in our lives, Father, where true healing begins today, God. We can't wait to see what you're going to do. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the first thing we have to do to be able to find freedom, in order to be able to do that, you have to first be able to forgive God. So our first point is to forgive God. You may be thinking, well, forgive God. Yeah, forgive God. But the truth is, it's really impossible to forgive God because he never actually sinned against us. God hasn't actually ever done anything to us that needs forgiveness, but we blame God for everything that goes wrong in our lives. Check out Romans chapter 8, it's verses 27 through 29. It says, And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And it's important for us to read in this scripture, God causes everything, everything to work together for the good, even when it doesn't feel like it. Because everything that bad that happens to us, every time we get frustrated at something, every time something happens that we didn't expect, the first blame goes to God. We blame God, what are you doing to me? God, this is terrible. God, how could you do this to me? And we cast all the blame onto him. You'll, you'll notice we often cast all the blame to God, but when anything good happens in our lives, we typically don't give him the praise that he deserves. We typically say, well, that's because I worked so hard. It's because I studied so much. It's because all that I did that the good things happened. But when something bad happens to it, it's never our own fault. We didn't do this at all, but we always want to blame God. And as you look at the, the stories of the Bible, it'd be so easy to, to read them and see that, that people could have easily blamed God for some of the things that happened. If you take the story of Joseph in Genesis, it would have been so easy for Joseph to blame God for everything that happened to him. If you don't know the story, Joseph was the son of Jacob and Joseph was the dreamer. He was the dreamer and God had given him these dreams where he saw that he was going to be a leader of so many people. Now, Joseph made the mistake of telling his brothers and his family about this and his brothers did not take kindly to this at all. In fact, one day his brothers decided that they wanted to kill Joseph, but luckily one of the, one of the brothers spoke up and said, no, 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 no. We can't kill Joseph. Instead, we're gonna throw him in this hole. So they did that and then they sold Joseph into slavery. And then Joseph went to be what was, was a slave to Potiphar. And Potiphar was this, this very powerful uh, man in Egypt at the time. And he was a slave to Potiphar. But one thing Potiphar did is he, he really came to like Joseph. Joseph did a really good job for Potiphar. 
And, and Potiphar liked Joseph a lot. The only problem was Potiphar's wife also liked Joseph a lot. And she tried to seduce Joseph. And Joseph, being the man that he was, he didn't want to disrespect Potiphar at all. But he also didn't want to disrespect God at all. And he just constantly refused until one day Potiphar's wife was so fed up with it that she accused Joseph of seducing her. And Potiphar was so upset about it that he throws Joseph in jail. So here's Joseph, the dreamer. He's been sold into slavery. Now he's in jail. Nothing is going like he thought that it would. And then while he's in jail, two of Pharaoh's main guys are right there in jail with him. And they have dreams. And Joseph tells them what the dreams mean. And one of them is going to be getting out of jail pretty soon. And he tells Joseph, as soon as I get out of jail, I'm going to get you out of here too. And what do you know it? As soon as he leaves jail, Joseph stays in jail for years and years and years to come until eventually Joseph's able to get out of jail because Pharaoh has this dream and this guy who was in jail with Joseph says, wait a second, I remember this guy Joseph. He told me what my dreams mean. Maybe he can do it. And sure enough, Joseph did. And Joseph would go on to basically be the second command of Egypt and to rule over so many people. And it took decades and decades for Joseph's dream back when he was younger to actually come to fruition. Now, if you look through Joseph's life, it would have been so easy for him to just blame God, just to give up and say, God, you lied to me. I must have misunderstood what you were telling me. None of this makes sense at all. God, I, I quit. I quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. God, it would have been so easy for him to, to blame him, but he didn't. He remained faithful every single time and his purpose was able to be lived out. And I know for us, whenever we go through our lives and things just compound on top of each other over and over and over again. I know I've been guilty of it where I just want to blame God for everything bad that happens. I can remember this one time my wife and I we went on a little weekend getaway for our anniversary. It was actually our second anniversary. You would think we'd do something special for our first, but we actually forgot our first anniversary. But it was our second anniversary. We decided we wanted to go to the beach because we love going to the beach. But the problem was we had no money at the time to be able to do anything like that. But my wife said, I've got this covered. See, she found a place where we can actually go camping on the beach. Now, one thing you need to know about us is up until this point, we weren't really campers at all. In fact, we had to borrow a tent to be able to go camp on the beach and spend time on the beach. So we drive about eight hours to this campsite on the beach. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great weekend. And we pull up and everyone has these huge big tents. They have these great setups. And here we are. We pull up in this little bright red shiny sports car BMW definitely doesn't look like we're campers at all and we get all the camping gear and everything out of the car and we go to attempt to set it up and everyone around the campsite is looking at us and it takes us nearly five hours to set up one little tent it was miserable it was terrible everything was going wrong we we're getting frustrated we we're getting angry with each other it was just awful but we finally get the tent set up and we get our fire set up and we have just the most romantic dinner ever for our anniversary. We grill hot dogs on the fire outside. We finally go to bed around 10 o'clock, but you know, it was tough, but it's gonna be okay. We're going to the beach tomorrow. Well, it happened to rain in the middle of the night. And of course the tent, two people like us setting up a tent, it leaks all over us. We had this fan in the tent to try and keep us cool. And that fell on top of us and it was just miserable. And then to make matters worse, after not sleeping hardly at all, we wake up the next morning and I am so sick. It feels like I'm swallowing razor blades. It's just miserable. 
and we go to the beach and it's cloudy and rainy all day and it's just not a great day and we decide that we're gonna stop for dinner because we just don't wanna have hot dogs again and we stopped for dinner on the way and the food was bad, it was undercooked, it wasn't what we wanted, it was just miserable. And as we're riding back to the campsite to do this all over again, we look at each other as we're just riding in silence and say, do you wanna just go home? This has been the worst trip Ever. This has been just awful. And it may have taken us five hours to, to put the tent up, but we got that thing down in about 15 minutes and we are on the road home. Don't care how long it's going to take. We just have to get out of there. And the whole time we were blaming each other. We were frustrated with each other. We were frustrated with the whole situation. It was just one bad thing after another. Now, typically when we go through stuff like that, we blame God for those one bad thing after another scenarios. But when I look back at that trip, none of, no one's fault was that but our own. We had no idea what we were doing. We weren't prepared at all. We just thought it would be something that we can do. No problem. It'll be easy. And it just wasn't. One thing we have to know is that God doesn't cause all of our problems. We think that he does, but God doesn't cause our problems at all. It's typically us who cause our own problems, but if we allow him, he can take our problems, he can take what we go through, and he can actually use it for good. Sometimes we are so fixed on what happened that we won't give God what happened. Because then we can give God what happened and he can use it for good. The reason we don't want to give, give God what happened to us is because then we won't be able to play victim anymore. We won't be able to get the pity. We won't be able to get the sorrow from people. But if we'll just forgive God and say, hey, God, I know this wasn't you. I know this wasn't you, you at all. We'll be able to be able to start moving past it. So you may ask yourself, well, how do I even do that? How do I forgive God? I got three extras for you. It's very easy. Just write these down. It says, first one is to tell him how you feel. To actually talk to God, pray to him, tell him how you feel. Tell him how frustrated you are. Psalm 142 says, I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all of my troubles. Listen, it's okay to pour your heart out. It's okay to get angry at God sometimes. He would much rather have you scream and yell at him than just walk away in silence and defeat and to never express that to him. Tell God how you feel. Make a list of everything he has done for you. The second thing, Make a list of all the good that he has done in your life. Because when you look back, you say, wow, he got me through this situation. He got me through that. He helped me here over and over again. So tell him how you feel. Make a list of everything that he has already done. And lastly, be patient. Be patient with God. Listen, a waiting season isn't a wasted season. You can unload on him and still be able to hold on to him. And when you do that, you can truly begin to forgive God, the second way to find freedom is you have to forgive others. We have to forgive God first, and then we have to begin to forgive others. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 15, 14 and 15. It says, if you, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And we read that, and we're like, oh, no. Oh, no. You mean, you mean to tell me if I don't forgive the people who have hurt me, if I don't forgive the people who have sinned against me, the people who have done me wrong, that means God's not going to forgive me. Well, that's what the Bible tells us. And the Bible is the truth all of the time. I also love what Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says. It says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. 
Listen, we have been forgiven for so much in our lives, but we refuse to forgive anyone else. You know, right now, cancel culture is the most popular thing ever. We love the idea of cancel culture. That if someone says something that we disagree with, or someone says something that, that hurts us or hurts someone else, or maybe they do something that, that doesn't line up with what we think, Maybe they tweeted something 15 years ago and it was maybe okay then, but now it's definitely not okay. And that is just how they are now. We want them canceled. We want them canceled off the face of the earth. We don't believe that they should be able to have their jobs anymore. We want them fired. We don't believe that they need to be able to have families or good marriages or to be able to live any type of life whatsoever. Because of any past mistake, we just want them canceled. That they're no good, they just need to go away. And we are so dead set to die on that hill here, not forgiving anyone for anything and just canceling everything, wiping it from the earth, that we're missing it all. We're willing to die on, the hill, on that hill here on earth just to cancel. We will put all of our effort and all of our energy to make sure that those people pay for what they have done. But I want us to look at it in a different way. That when we get to heaven and we're there, we're going to see some of these people that maybe we tried to cancel in our past. Because there's going to be people in heaven that we disagreed with, that we fought with Facebook, fought on Facebook with, that didn't vote like us, that don't look like us, that may have said something that hurt us, that may have said something that hurt someone else, that may have been bad, that may have hurt people. But they'll be in heaven. And I just want us to ask ourselves that when we get to heaven, are we willing to die on that same hill there that we are here? Will we put all of our effort and all of our energy just to wipe them from the planet? Are we going to get to heaven and see them and go to Jesus and say, hey, JC, I see they're here. Do you know what they did? Do you know what they said about this person? They can't be here, Jesus. But that's not how Jesus works. And are we going to say, well, Jesus, if they're here, then I'm not. We're going to choose the alternative. No, no, we're not going to do that. We are spending so much time and so much energy just to worry about what goes on here. There is something so much bigger at stake. We need to be able to forgive other people, no matter what it looks like. Luke chapter 17, verses three and four. I love what Jesus says here. He says, so watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Verse four says, even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. I know you're thinking, what? Seven times in one day and they ask forgiveness and I'm supposed to forgive them? The disciples said the same thing. They're like, Jesus, we can't do that. I'm not forgiving someone seven times in one day. They say, increase our faith, Jesus, because I can't do that. And I understand where they're coming from. I'm more of the, 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 uh, the, the motto of fool me once, shame on, shame on you, but fool me twice, shame on me. That, hey, I'm going to give you another chance, but that's going to be it. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. It's seven times in one day. He said, I don't care what it is. If they, if they turn from their sin, if they turn from whatever they did and they ask for forgiveness, we must forgive them. We have to do it. We have to forgive others. Remember, forgiveness is freedom. We have to be able to forgive other people for any relationship to ever be able to work. 
I know my wife and I, we have gone through so much together. It's the reason we're so passionate about marriage and relationships. And I can remember one moment in particular, we call it Monica's Rock of Love moment. If you don't know what Rock of Love is, it was this, this reality TV show where these ladies were fighting for the love and the affection of Brett Michaels. It was a little less classy version of The Bachelor. And there was this moment where we were going to some friend's house and my wife was gonna make potato salad to go there. And I was tasked with going to the store because she needed the whipped dressing to be able to make the potato salad. So I went to the store, I get what we need, I come home, I put it on the counter, I'm like, hey baby, here's your whipped dressing so we can get ready to go pretty soon. And she looks at it and I'm telling you, the devil himself came out of her and just like, no! And stormed off to the room just screaming and yelling and slammed the door. I'm like, what is going on? What did I do here? I don't get it. What I learned was I brought home mayonnaise and not whipped dressing. Turns out there's a difference between the two. I had no idea. I know now, but I didn't know then that there was a difference between the two whatsoever. I mean, they look exactly alike. They're packaged the exact same way. They're right next to each other on the shelf. And the next thing I know is I hear something hit the wall go BAM. So I walk back there and my wife is sitting on the bed. She's just kind of laughing. And I look up and I see this hole in the wall and down on the floor I see her cell phone at the time it was a Blackberry and those things were like bricks almost indestructible I'm like what did you throw your phone to the wall she's like no I was aiming for the window and I missed and she was just laughing at what a ridiculous situation that was and that took some forgiveness on my part to be able to say hey you're acting absolutely crazy now I could have easily said well you're nuts I'm done I'm finished I'm leaving this isn't worth it it's not worth my time and her and I we have been through nearly everything in our relationship and we have had many many times where we've had to forgive each other that's the reason that, that marriage is so important to us it's the reason that we've done small groups about marriage it's the reason we talk about marriage so much is because I want everyone to be able to look at us and, and say hey if they made it then we can make it too, because we have experienced nearly everything in our relationship. And I promise I can relate to whatever it is you may be going through in your relationship. And it only comes because of forgiveness. Listen, forgiveness, it's not natural. It's not. We aren't born to forgive. We, we hold grudges. That's not the way that we are wired. Forgiveness is not fair. You know, we want fair. But forgiveness is not fair. God is not fair. He's just, but he's not necessarily fair because if God was fair, then I would have to pay dearly for all of the, the things that I've done in my life, all the sin and problems that I've caused in my life. I am fortunate that God is not fair. He's just, but he's also forgiving. Forgiveness is giving others what God gave us because if we expect forgiveness for God, but we for, refuse to give it to anyone else, it doesn't work that way. Listen, forgiving someone, that's for you. It's not for them. When you forgive someone, it's all for you. It's how you find freedom. I wanna challenge you. I want you to, to think for just a moment on the notes, because I know you've been just so furiously writing down notes all day long, but on your notes, I want you to just think about that person, because we all have that person. That person who disappointed us, that person who let us down, that person who lied to us, who they betrayed us, whatever it is, I want you to say, I just want you to think about that person. Think about who they are. Think about that incident. Think about what happened. If you have to close your eyes, I want you to picture that person right in front of you. What that incident caused, how that made you feel. 
If you've got that person, I want you to write their name down on your paper. Write it down. And I want to challenge you this week to put into action the steps that it takes to truly forgive that person. To take what they did to you, take that weight off your shoulders. I'm not saying you need to call them right now and forgive them. But take the steps that it takes to forgive. Ask God, pray to God to please help me forgive this person and what happened to me. God, give me the strength to be able to move on past this, to be able to truly forgive this person. Because that's more for you than it is for them. For us to be able to find freedom, we have to first forgive God. We have to forgive, your, we have to forgive others. And then number three is you have to forgive yourself. And this may be the most difficult one of all to be able to forgive yourself. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Listen, whatever we have done, it's been wiped clean. We've been forgiven for everything that we have done. Whenever Jesus went to the cross, our sins were wiped clean. We don't have to pay that debt anymore. We need to understand that. We need to stop holding on to all of the stuff, that, that decision that we made, those people we hurt, that huge mistake that we made that has just been, been all over us for so long. It's caused us stress, it's caused us depression, that shame, that guilt that we just can't seem to get, up, get over that is just weighing us down every single day where some days it feels like we just can't even get out of bed. We don't know how we're going to move forward. It's time to let that go. Because when we continue to carry this day after day after day and, and, and we've forgiven God, can we understand that God has forgiven us, but we continue to carry the shame and the guilt and just the weight of the world on our shoulders. We're going to Jesus and we're saying, hey, Jesus, what you did just wasn't good enough but it was. It's true forgiveness. Your debt is paid. It's wiped clean. We can forgive ourselves. And I know that's so difficult to do because the world and the enemy will tell you, no, no, no. The enemy is going to continue to bring it up over and over and over again. And sometimes we just can't seem to get past it. And this, this really hits home for me is my uncle dealt with this for, for such a long time. And this was the extremely fun uncle. I grew up doing a lot with this uncle. He took me to my first hockey game. He took me to the Barons to watch Michael Jordan play for the first time. We used to go to ball games together, football games, we traveled out to California with each other. We'd go hang out with each other. He was just always so much fun. The life of the party, so much fun to be around until eventually he just kind of distanced himself. Everybody. And, and what we learned is he had some things going on in his life and he had some things that he just didn't deal with very well. And he had some, some shame and some guilt and stuff that he just, he could not release. He could never forgive himself for maybe some of the things he said, some of the things he did. And it eventually became too much for him where he eventually took his own life. And if you, you looked at him and you looked at his life, he was so good at masking that. He was so good at putting on a brave face and, and acting as if everything was okay. When you looked at him, you would never know that he was going through what he was going through. That every single day it was so difficult to, for him to move on. That the, the hurt was just eating him alive from the inside. 
And I know that there are people who are watching this today. And I know there are people in our lives who are dealing with this every single day. I want to let you know that it's okay. That it's okay to let go of every bit of that. That it's okay to say, I'm finally going to let go of all of the shame and all of this stuff. I'm not going to let this hold me down any longer. Psalm 103 says, he does not punish us for all, all of our sins. He does not, deal, does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. It's talking about God. He's taken our sins and he has thrown them so far away. They are non-existent anymore. I want to tell you today that you're forgiven. Whatever it is, you can let it go. To be able to forgive ourselves, it takes faith to forgive. Listen, what you did, it may have been wrong. And it may have hurt people. And it may have caused trauma. And it may have been years and years of pain. We have to tell the enemy, you're not going to have a stronghold on my future any longer. Listen, you can't necessarily change what happened to you. But you can change how God can change the future for you. It's time to let it go. It's time to forgive yourself. It's time to walk hand in hand with Jesus and say, I'm gonna be done with that. It's not gonna hold me hostage any longer. I wanna pray with you. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes. And today, Father, we just wanna pray for all those who are watching or listening today, God, that, that true forgiveness will be felt. That we'll be able to experience the forgiveness, the, the debts that Jesus paid on the cross for us and be able to let go of all of the stuff, God. And if there's someone here who has not ever given their life to Jesus to be able to say, I can't do it anymore, to fully surrender God, we're going to pray together and we would say, Father, we love you. And today I recognize that I've got sin in my life and, and I don't have things all together. But today I pray for forgiveness of my sins, God. I recognize that you sent Jesus, your son, to die on a cross for all of my sin, for all of my shortcomings. And I recognize him today as my Lord and my Savior. I want to live my life on purpose and make him number one in my life. I want to be brand new today. And God, for all of us, I pray that whatever we have going on in our lives, whoever that person is that hurt us, whatever we've been holding over our heads, God, that today we will allow forgiveness to happen. That we'll be able to truly find freedom in you and everything that we do. We won't let the baggage and the hurt and the pain sit on our shoulders any longer and drag us down and not be able to fully live out the life that you have for us, God. I pray that we will take the steps necessary to truly forgive the people around us, to truly forgive ourselves, Father. We can't wait to see the healing that you're going to provide. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.